0: Maybe you should go and do some contemplating.
1: Right reasons, right reasons, girl for all the right I'm the best bet, and I'm to your pool here to find Hi, this is, is
0: Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy.
1: And this is Rose Buddies.
0: And it's the dawn of a new era. Everything you know has is wrong and it's changed and it's different now.
1: Put all that old
0: shit you knew in the fucking toilet where it belongs and flush it down. You'll never see it again unless you're a plumber. Joe the Plumber. Unless you're Joe the Plumber. Do you think he watched? <laughs> Do you think Joe the Plumber watched the premiere with uh, of Rachel's season of The Bachelorette? Do you think Joe the Plumber tuned in for this one?
1: Do the kids of today even get that reference?
0: Do the kids... is Was Joe the Plumber still part of the sort of the cultural bubble that we all exist in i guess people are always talking about the bubble i just assume joe the plumber is in it he's the only plumber i know of other than mario and luigi and wario and waluigi are they even plumbers i know mario and luigi are i think wario and waluigi are just unemployed
1: are we recording rose buddies right now
0: I don't know which one this is. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us for Rose Buddies. We're going to talk about The Bachelorette. It's a new season starring Rachel, The Bachelorette. We still haven't figured out a good way not to make that confusing for us and you. No. Because there's a Rachel on this one, too, isn't there?
1: Ar- Arlens? Huh? I'm trying to come up with like a name for her. You know, like oh. J-Lo, but Arlens?
0: So you assumed that you would stay Rachel. Uh, well, Why? I would hope so. Okay, well, I... Do you want me to
1: be Griffin's wife?
0: No, God, but, like, (laughs) she's a bachelorette. There's a certain level, you know what I mean? Like, there's a certain level of, she's the
1: bachelorette. And what am I? You're not the Bachelorette. No.
0: You're the you're the host you're the you're the best host of America's best bachelor bachelorette podcast. But you're not a bachelorette.
1: So just like Mrs. McElroy then? Oh no, don't
0: do this to me. <laughs> um we hope you enjoyed. I know like it's weird. We always have such a huge spike in in listeners and like uh, people like get on board and stay on board during the seasons of the Bachelorette. So hello, welcome. This may be your first episode. Yeah. Um, this is our, what, fourth, like proper season, not counting, uh, Bachelor in Paradise or any of the other weird bastardizations of this franchise. Fourth. Uh, yeah. Ben, JoJo, Nick, and now this.
1: Wow, you're right.
0: I know, dude. Um, so we are excited to talk about it. Um, I was excited to watch it and I'm, I'm excited to keep watching it because, She's just so good, I think.
1: She's real good. You're going to hear probably a lot of complaints about the gentlemen on the show?
0: Well, it's cuz the gentlemen is just like they Can
1: f- I say something. Uh-oh. dudes have yet to really stack up to the ladies cuz let me tell you something.
0: Are you saying sorry, of, sorry, in general or like
1: on no, this show? Okay. Uh, think about think about Andy Yes. But think about Caitlyn. Yeah. Um,
0: Jojo was good. I thought Jojo think about was good. Jojo.
1: These are women of intellect, women of beauty, women of of deep compassion and humor. Okay. Uh.
0: Well, we get Nick, Chris, Juan, Ben, Ben Juan Pablo, both Bens.
1: Like, the dudes are, are fine.
0: There hasn't been a good one. But what was these the last? ladies are yeah. like,
1: these ladies are pretty stellar.
0: What was the last good bachelor? What was the last, like, bachelor that you, like, really lost your mind? It was supposed to be Nick, right? Like, I was all psyched for yeah, Nick.
1: I guess Nick. But even Nick had this, like, this impish, like, who, me? Quality that kind of got on my nerves.
0: He always looked like he was trying to play off a fart. Like, more or less always. <laughs> and it's, I, I don't know, we, didn't, we don't see that kind of behavior from the... The, the great bachelorettes of our time. I
1: don't understand why the women have to be so exceptional and the men can be so bland.
0: I will say this. I think it's, I don't think next season is going to be a good bachelor (laughs) (laughs) based on the motley, the motley crew of bandits we've assembled here today. Uh, I'll say this. I don't think the, I don't think the dudes are all that bad. And I don't think this was, The, um, I know there's a lot of folks who listen to this, uh, podcast and don't watch the show. And maybe last night was the first episode you watched. And I saw a lot of people like saying, like, this is, are you kidding me with this? And I feel like it was kind of actually a very tame, very, very, very by the books episode of The Bachelorette. Yeah. Um so, well,
1: I, you you said that to me last night, and my argument is the first episode is always it like it's not indicative of what the season's going to be. It's always just kind it's of, kind a of boring. Up. It's kinda of, it's not yeah. good.
0: Um now I will say, caveat, and we should talk about this before we dive into the episode. Maybe the worst bios ever. Maybe the worst yeah. based on the bios, holy shit, oh, y'all.
1: Man. Some uh, of those bios you can't find anymore because ABC removed them after some uproar.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about that. Um one of the contestants is a pro wrestler named Kenny, um, who is an African-American gentleman and, uh, he, he's a pro wrestler and he has a 10-year-old daughter and, like, his intro seemed, like, really, um, sweet. And he, uh, throughout the episode, like, I thought he was, like, a pretty, he was one of my favorite dudes, like, in, in the cast.
1: Yeah, seemed funny. One of his
0: answers that ABC took down was, like, what's the wildest sex thing you've ever done? And he said, like, uh, had sex with a woman while her husband watched. Uh, and ABC was like, let's just get that one. Clip a snip snip. Which, like, if that's your lifestyle, go hog wild. But ABC was like, let's not.
1: Yeah, we're um, a Disney company now. So we're let's... a Disney company,
0: so we can't do. Um, and I think the biggest one was, uh, Bryce. And this is probably like the most egregious thing, uh, that, that came out of these bios. Uh, Bryce is a firefighter and his answer to the question, like, uh, what's one thing you hope you don't find out, or, or what's your worst date fear? Worst date fear. Yeah. Um, and he said, uh, finding out that the late that the girl's a dude. So just, just gonna just slinging some some transphobia, just like from the hip there, Bryce. Uh, there was another one also the another f- like hyper transphobic comment from Lucas uh who god i i i'm gonna limit us to three times are we allowed to say his fucking brand uh on this show so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna waste it it now uh he's a fucking complete goober uh but his answer to like uh who's somebody alive or dead you'd love to have dinner with and he said uh dead bruce jenner alive uh caitlin jenner i'm sure that'd be an interesting conversation okay dude <laughs> that's so
1: gross that's so gross because you can tell he thinks he's being clever and that makes it even worse to me
0: yeah d- very clever and very timely and uh, relevant Oof. and like yeah it's it, that that dude sucks there on were, yeah
1: there were there's a, a lot of stuff of though. there's a
0: lot a lot a lot of stuff and a lot of it like um uh, a lot of it was just perplexing for instance, Diggy, uh, like, just looking at his bio, like, is like, oh, okay, this guy seems cool. And then he tells a story about how, like, he had a one-night stand, and in the morning, the woman he hooked up with got a text saying her brother had gone missing, so he pretended to go to sleep, so he didn't ha- – he pretended to be asleep, so he didn't have to help find him. And it's like,
1: oh, wh- what? Yeah, I – do these people not realize that the bios are going to be public? Like, I don't understand what I... – it seemed – Every season, it seems like awful bios come out.
0: This is, this was, this was maybe the worst set of Definitely bios because yeah. there was, there were very few. Uh, like people who made it through the gauntlet of these bios sort of un, untouched. Yeah. Um, there was more, there was more like really rough stuff. And what so like. What
1: happened to the previous seasons where everybody just talked about diarrhea? Everybody a lot. talked
0: about diarrhea and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Those are the only two things that people talk about. My
1: biggest fear is diarrhea on a date. And My, I love the movie Dumb, dumb and dumber.
0: dumber. My favorite scene in Dumb and Dumber is where <laughs> Jeff Daniels gets diarrhea. <laughs> um, so yeah, after the bios, uh, and here's the thing. Here's, here's what's kind of, um, here's what's interesting about the bios. You watch this show and you see Bryce and he comes out in his firefighter uniform and he's just kind of boring and it's just like, oh, it's Bryce is just a boring dude. But because of these bios, yeah. I know certain stuff about this dude that is fucking awful and. I know, you uh, can't
1: fool me, ABC. Yeah, I won't yeah fall or in love Bryce, with this.
0: you can't, yeah, like, yeah. So ABC actually put out a statement saying like, Bryce's views are not ABC or Rachel's views. Um, so we just like deleted his comment instead of like starting like a dialogue around it or like letting it remain there so that, it, cause now like people who didn't see that shit and watch this, they're like, oh, Bryce, he's, he hates fire so much. And it's like, yeah, he's also <laughs> says some transphobic shit. Yeah. Um, so I, my expectations for the dudes were not so stellar. Yeah. Uh, you want to get into it?
1: Yeah, here we are.
0: Hi, welcome to the premiere <laughs>
1: um okay episode one we get to see Rachel doing her photo shoot uh, this
0: was a weird in like uh, it was like in media res where she was like in that red dress throwing up the flower petals like looking yeah, at the photos like while no people were like music yeah like,
1: very like we' we're, we're we're behind the corner watching this happen. Well the
0: photographers are like you're gonna be a star. You're gonna have so many people swarming. You're not n- gonna know what to do. And she's like, "Oh, stop!" I
1: and then Rachel kind of humbly reviewing the photos and saying, "You guys are miracle workers." Yeah. Um. So you know, here we are <laughs> watching watching this thing. We get a little sneak peek behind the scenes. Um. And then then unceremoniously is over, and we are at the mansion with Chris.
0: Hi, Chris. You look great. Oh, you've dressed up for us. Thank you, Chris.
1: And then Chris does this this speech that he does every season where he acts as if the bachelor bachelorette has been accepted into the religion of the franchise because he's like you know rachel came in skeptical you know and 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 she wasn't sure this was going to work but she fell deeply in love and then now she's ready to try it again because she believes in the process
0: rachel like leaned over and she's like this is a Scientology, like, indoctrination <laughs> video. Like, we're going to juice your thetans or whatever they do.
1: It's like, Rachel was skeptical, but she became a member of our family, and now she has accepted us, and she wants to commit herself in the most serious way you can, which is by testing out all of these men that we have also brought into the family. It just felt very It's
0: very, very A lot weird. of family talk. Uh, there's also a lot of, like... Rachel's a woman who has everything going for her. A, a successful job, yeah. a very well put together woman. And, but there's one thing that's missing that only um, we can provide. Like, no, I'm pretty sure she'd be good yeah. eventually. Um, so
1: just a quick little summary of Rachel. She's 31. She's a trial attorney in Dallas. Um, we get some footage of her on the basketball court, which I maybe is an interest of hers. I don't know. Uh, and she says that she is sweet, sour, and sassy and classy. Uh, and that all her life she has been kind of an overachiever, but she waited too long to express her love to Nick, and she tends to be kind of careful about love. Uh, but here's her chance to focus on a part of her life she's been neglecting. Uh, but more than any of that, she has a dog named Copper.
0: Copper is the best dog I've ever seen. That
1: is the best dog.
0: Copper has a hurt leg hurt front leg and it's very sad but copper looks like um has like a one pound body with like 30 pounds of hair on it yeah. and it's a very good dog and she brings the dog to her little side mansion which i've never i don't think i've ever seen before and it's a it's a game changer
1: her side mansion yeah like, oh, the, like where she's where she
0: lives she couldn't live in the house with all those fucking yeah dudes
1: um yeah the dog according to somebody in our rose buddies group the dog is a Finnish Spitz.
0: Oh, that's a gross name, but the rest of it is good.
1: Uh, so now limo exits right into oh, it.
0: I mean, we do get like a first preview. We get the packages, yeah, and we can skip the packages mostly. Uh, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we
0: learn about Kenny. I like Kenny. Oh, I think the biggest sort of standout. Uh, it came right after Lucas, whose catchphrase again, we're gonna save, We've got three of those in the quiver, gonna hold off. Yeah. Uh, but he's a big, dumb asshole. But immediately <laughs> after him and his, his, um, a lot of people said like sort of bargain bin Jim Carrey stick. uh, was Josiah. Um, nope, not Josiah.
1: Blake. Blake was the aspiring drummer that talked a lot about intercourse.
0: Oh, there's also I him. I thought that was who he you talked about. his He talked about his Beepus a lot and he said, I don't <laughs> like talking about my Beepus, but I've been told that my Beepus is real cool. It's a very cool hog. <laughs> it does good stuff in there and it has good width and length and it's cool. Um, I wanted to talk about Josiah's package because, uh, and I'll put in a trigger warning here for uh, suicide um Josiah when he was a little kid found his his brother uh had hanged himself in their backyard um and it like threw his life into a tailspin and he got he got arrested and was brought before a judge and the judge was like hey uh you know turn turn your life around and so Josiah like became a uh, an attorney in the very like courtroom where he had been arraigned um and it's like, it's like an unbelievable story. And he seems like, I don't know, he seems like a really like...
1: Yeah, he seems to have a lot of depth. Like, he seems to have a
0: lot of depth. He's also like, once he gets in the house, you get to know him a little bit more. He's also a very confident yeah. dude. Um, not that there was a dearth of those.
1: The guy right before him was Diggy, and Diggy's big thing was that he has 575 pairs of sneakers, and then we go straight into Josiah. So it was like, oh, there's- You think
0: you could put on one of those fucking pairs of sneakers to help that woman find her lost brother, but whatever. (laughs) Oh, God. Um. Uh,
1: yeah, so those were the packages. Yeah, the one I'll point at, well, you know what? Let's just get to it organically. Let's just, let's just tell the story of the night. Okay. And then we'll return to the bios and the packages as necessary.
0: I like that. Okay.
1: Okay. So uh do you want to share what you're drinking?
0: It's red wine. I don't know. Okay. It's a nice red wine. I just Our, wanted my, to set the mood. My you know? uh, my agent got it for me as a birthday present.
1: Oh, here we go. Big time Griffin. Hey. It's been a while since we've we've heard from Hollywood Griffin McElroy. Listen, you did say, my brother,
0: my brother, me is available on iTunes now. Go buy it. Uh, <laughs> you
1: did say in media res earlier.
0: Well, okay. That just means I'm well read.
1: Before limo exits, again we're not at limo exits yet. I'm sorry, I keep teasing it. Uh, all the ladies show up. Oh my god, this is the
0: best super friends ever.
1: Yeah, so we all knew that Rachel was popular on Nick's season, but all the women show up for her. And when I say all the women, I mean like six I don't or know. seven. Yeah, like six or seven um, women. To
0: to get back to that, when they announced who the next Bachelorette was going to be. I think it was at Women Tell All or something, right? Because uh, I, or it, it, they came out, she came out after after the final rose when all of the contestants were still there. And I have never seen a response like this where like all of the women were like fucking psyched for her. Yeah. Um, Most of the time, like it's more reserved than that because I think everybody who goes on this show also wants to be the next Bachelor or Bachelorette. But this was the most universal, like Rachel kicks ass and she's going to do fucking great and I'm excited for her.
1: Yeah, so just for example, it was Raven, Corinne, Alexis, Jasmine, Christina, and Whitney? Whitney, yeah. Yeah, and um, everybody's giving her some advice. Uh, but Raven's was kind of the most poignant um, because Rachel's kind of talking about her experience with Nick's season and how she has some regrets. And she's like, you know, I'll never forget. I talked to you, Raven, and you said you just have to let yourself fall. Uh, and then Rachel gets kind of emotional because you can tell that advice is really meaningful for her because she was so reserved and and Raven really came to her. And then Raven gives this little speech about, you know, we're just all rooting for you and and we're all such different women. But the fact that we're here rallied around you just shows how you pull out the best in everyone. Mm. Uh, and it was just like it was just a real rah, rah, rah session.
0: And then Raven said, like, if you ever come across the squirt, you're just run. Do not walk. It's such a good time, it, oh. she said. She said, just like, I, that's my favorite memory of my life.
1: So in this thing you've created here...
0: I didn't make it. This was like um, the, ABC. The idea and, is that
1: Rachel would go back to a yurt. Yeah. On her season. Uh-huh. And Raven is giving her advice to say... It was a good yurt. She go in, said, in that yurt.
0: I, it's not imaginary. She said this. She said, it was a good yurt. She got really close to her face. She put her face up against... Rachel's face and just said it was a good yurt Mm
1: -hmm. get there Mm -hmm.
0: or be square
1: no geez
0: squirt yurt Sunday 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 it was a real nice moment
1: uh now limos hey hell yeah how about that uh first out of the limo and this is an important position is it a lot of times the first person out of the limo is going to be kind of a front runner for the season.
0: It's like a baby duckling thing. Like this is the first you imprint on the first one that comes out. Oh. Yeah. I'm not um, saying Rachel's a baby duckling. I'm saying everyone is.
1: Is somebody posted that 538 did this whole statistical analysis yeah. of like what makes you a, a likely front runner? And I I looked at it and then I just put it away. It was so in depth. I know. I couldn't
0: Well, their big thing was first impression roasts don't mean shit, basically. It means you've you're probably a strong contender, but it's not a good way of predicting the winner.
1: Yeah. Which they even went into detail on like which relationships last and what you can learn about their placement in the season and whether or not the relationship will last. And I was like, This is more detailed than I Yeah, absolutely. Uh first out of limo, Peter. Peter is also, like Nick, from Wisconsin uh and he's a business owner
0: okay we really didn't get (laughs) most like there were much like every season before this or at least the past few seasons like there are blocks which is like hey i'm bye yeah while like other dudes inside the house are like doing a a monologue
1: uh next out is i'm not going to go through every single one i'm just going to because there's 31, there's, the 31 way, there's 31 there's 31 boys uh but josiah is next out and he's the one there are several attorneys this season but he's the one that says uh i think that you'll find uh that beyond a reasonable doubt i'm the right match for you and rachel kind of laughs and says hello oh, legal terms
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh rachel is like um rachel is very very it, i think like her thing that has like stood out in my mind as to like what kind of bachelorette she's going to be based on this first episode. She's the most gracious human being that's ever been on this show. Cause there are people that come through this line that like drop some real stinker And she's like, I love it. And it's like, you probably don't love it, but that's very, you're making, I'm sure you're making all of these boys feel very comfortable.
1: Well, it seems like she has an exceptional sense of humor. Like she is able to find the entertainment in a lot of the awful moments Uh, which speaks to me that like, she's got a good, good perspective coming in because there are a lot of terrible dudes. Uh, Kenny comes out, uh, and grabs her arm and does what we referenced in our previous bachelor pad episode as the arm worm,
0: the the arm worm,
1: the hand worm.
0: There's gotta be a real name for that.
1: I don't know what it is.
0: It's where you like make a worm, but you're doing it with your arms. Yeah. You know, you know what the arm worm is. Come on. Don't be a jerk.
1: Uh, next person I'll talk about is Will.
0: Oh, Jesus!
1: Will comes out in, if I remember correctly, suspenders and glasses.
0: Yeah, his... and like pants with the socks up over the legs mm-hmm. and like high, high-waisted pants. And yeah. Kind and he...
1: of stumbles, trips a little bit and, and says the catchphrase that we all Jeez, know and please. love. please. No.
0: I'm the baby guy. He said, I'm the baby Gotta Love me.
1: He said, um, he said, Mah! Mah! he said, um, did I do that? Debra. Don't don't step on my incredible. Urkel Sorry, impression. hit it. Hit it. hit it. Sorry. Did I do that?
0: That's a really good Urkel, babe. Thank you. Uh, the most amazing thing was the prestige here where he ducked back inside the limo and then came out. Uh, with some of his, his Urkel cosplay, uh, stripped off. And she says, you're Stefan Urkel now. And he says, I don't even have to tell you. And I was like, fuck yes to yeah, all of this. That was a
1: nice moment. Brady comes out. With a huge hammer and a block of ice.
0: This was this. I know nothing about Brady. He probably said some shit in his bios. This was excellent. I like this a lot.
1: And he he brings the hammer down on the ice, and he says that he wanted to break the ice. My favorite moment was when he walked into the house. <laughs> the rest of the guys shout, "Thor's here," which I enjoyed. <laughs> um, and then some. So some of the guys, and we mentioned this earlier. Some of the guys that did on. The season finale, we got to meet four of the men.
0: Yes. Uh, Dean, Blake, E, um, DeMario, and Eric.
1: Yes. And um, so Dean comes out. Dean is the one who said that he was going to go black and never go back. And when he came out of the limo, he really just wants to find out if Rachel liked it. <laughs>
0: uh yeah and she so when he said this during the uh after the final rose i feel like everybody's skeletons like poked poked out a little yeah. bit um, cuz that sucks it's like, it a like sh- a sh- a sh- that sucks a lot
1: universal cringe moment um, and i'm sure by the time the show started taping he had heard some stuff yeah i'm sure he'd heard a few things
0: uh but he uh, she in the in the moment where he said it she said oh i love that um Sort of being very gracious about it, and here she's like, "You know, I know a lot of people either love that or hate it. Personally, I loved it. It's like, okay, glad glad to have that on the record. I would like to also go on the record as to say, me in hated it at home, did not enjoy it very much. Thank you, Dean. Two thumbs emphatically down.
1: You got a lot a lot of work to do, Dean. Uh, Eric." comes out and it's just so charming he just says like oh i just keep seeing you i just keep running into you this must mean something uh and, and they, they dance they again. dance
0: again he he was the one who did the 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 little dance the, the little two-step little dance two with step, her yeah uh and they basically do it again he's like that can be our thing we can be the dancing ones
1: yeah it was wonderful um blake so blake was also night one and he was the super nervous awkward one
0: I don't remember anything about his thing, except
1: that he was he really out, awkward. And he was just really nervous. And he took like a picture with her or something. Uh, and so he knew he had some ground to make up. So he came out with a marching band and he was playing uh, the snare drum with that marching band.
0: Two things just to tie it all together. He is the wiener man. And fucking, uh, I don't know if it was Evan or Carly. I think it was Carly tweeted. Or was it Evan. You know, Evan and Carly from Bachelor yes. in Paradise, and he was like the sex expert, uh, on JoJo's season who got sent home, but found love in Paradise. Said something like, you can't be the penis man, I'm the penis man. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be the penis man, there's already a penis man, and it's me, Evan, the penis man. Uh, also his career, uh, Blake's is aspiring drummer, which is just like, just do it. Just do it. You don't have to be an aspiring drummer, just get out there and drum.
1: Yeah, I mean, he seemed pretty good when he was drumming.
0: Yeah. He's a good good news, bud. Scratch that first word out. You're drumming. You're really doing it.
1: Uh, Next up is Fred. Now, Fred is kind of fascinating to me. Fred brings out this yearbook and shows a picture of himself in third grade. And as soon as he does, you can kind of start to see Rachel register what's happening. And then he thumbs forward a few pages to Rachel in seventh grade.
0: Yeah, I think that was right.
1: Uh, and it becomes clear they went to the same school, and then Rachel tells us that she was his camp counselor and that he was a bad kid. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she kept saying that over and about. over again. Yeah.
0: Um, and so she's like kind of unsure about it. This, this is, I think, the only kind of like bomb that is dropped on, on her. Like the only like surprise. There's no returning contestants from past seasons. There's no. So far. There wouldn't they wouldn't fucking No,
1: remember Nick showed up mid-season when he was yeah, on Yeah, I guess Caitlin. that's true.
0: But they I think they I'm pretty sure they teased that because we knew about that when we were drafting. Um there's no like we hooked up at a wedding once and you don't remember me. Or
1: here's here's your ex-boyfriend. This back. is it.
0: This yeah. is the only one. Um and she seems kind of uh trepidatious about it.
1: Yeah. Uh then we meet the tickle monster who uh just goes in for the tickle Jonathan. He says like,
0: hold out your hands and close your eyes. And she says, okay. And he tickles her. Ugh.
1: Yeah, pretty gross. It's the worst. I, I personally, I hate being tickled. I hate it.
0: Uh, let me, let me pitch you this though. What if you were on television and it was a stranger? <laughs> oh, but yes. does it make it better if you were on television and you were very, very nervous and you had to meet 31 strangers and one of them tickled you very badly?
1: I think my reaction to that, I mean, this again speaks to how gracious Rachel is. My reaction to that would have been like, Hey, stop. No.
0: My reaction to that would have been like, hold on. I can't see your Chiron right now, but does it say something along the lines of like professional tickler? And he'd be like, it's tickle monster. And I'd be like, get back in the fucking car and le- you need to leave right now immediately.
1: I hate it. I hate it. I, I when somebody tickles me, I, I get so angry because I am laughing because I'm very ticklish. But I want them to stop. And your
0: laughs are precious little <laughs> honey-soaked gemstones. Thank you. It's like, here's a little emerald, and it's why is it so sticky? It's because it's one of Rachel's laughs, and it's covered in honey. And for somebody to fucking steal that from you, I'm getting angry just thinking about it.
1: Well, I just feel like when you laugh, people feel encouraged. But for me, it's involuntary. And you forced me to be complicit in something that I am not complicit in. I don't Anyway. We're, we're spending a lot of time in Rachel's feminist corner on this
0: episode. <laughs> we sure are I don't think this is I don't think not being tickled is a feminist issue it's a <laughs> human fair. issue that's I don't fair. want I also don't want to be tickled
1: you're not as ticklish as me though
0: well no I've got more I'm, I've just got a big soft body I can't feel anything
1: you know what somebody told me once about being ticklish hmm that if you're ticklish it's because you have a fear of intimacy all right Isn't that kind of gross
0: that's yeah it's a gross thing to tell anybody yeah. <laughs> When she laughed, he, he should have been like, looks like someone's got a fear of intimacy. I'm John. I'll see you in the house. <laughs> yeah. See you in there. Sorry. You're afraid of intimacy.
1: Uh, let's get to one of our favorite contestants. Uh, Adam.
0: I don't know about, I mean, okay. Entertaining. He's, yes,
1: entertaining. Uh, Adam brings a smaller version of himself that he calls Adam Jr which is a real, like, low-budge mannequin made out of, like, styrofoam, I think.
0: Here's what I'm going to say about Adam Jr. Adam Jr. is the funniest doll ever. Be- and it, 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 Adam Jr. was perfectly created for maximum humor potential. It's the proportions of Adam. It is the the flawless wig that Adam Jr. is wearing. It is the, like... Really low budge creepy drawn on Sharpie face yeah. that Adam Jr. had. All There's of it. It's like a wig. It's the child's like suit that he's like the old timey Victorian era, <laughs> uh, like impish child suit that he's wearing. It is all of it comes together to create the funniest fucking and it's not even like. Here's my spooky doll. This is not like my Annabelle doll. It was, it was its own thing. I saw a lot of people referencing like Franklin from Arrested Development. And now yeah. that I think about it, there were a lot of like
1: Arrested Development, Arrested Development yeah. sort of
0: adjacent things that hopefully we'll get to more of them. Uh, but, and a lot of people are like, I can't wait to see Griffin's reaction to Adam Jr. He's gonna lose his mind. No, I think it's the funniest fucking shit ever. And if you're not on board with that, like, I feel like you may not understand what I like about this show because it's this shit absolutely and this is the gotta, shit i love
1: and you got to think about the preparation so for example on jojo's season if i remember correctly it was either jojo or caitlin some guy just stole a lamp from the hotel and that lazy. was his thing lazy adam in order to create this had to find a child's suit a wig a child's mannequin head and then put it all together
0: like, it's a lot of work. It's some work. Some biodata about Adam. What's the most romantic present you ever received and why? Threesome. It was my birthday. Oh, okay. Do you consider yourself a good cook? Yes. I used to cook four course meals in college and charge people. Lol. That's a restaurant. You did a restaurant. That's cool, but you did a restaurant.
1: Oh, Adam. Well, I like your mannequin, Adam.
0: Adam Jr. can stay.
1: Um, so, I think at this point, there's just two more we should talk about. Uh, there's Matt, who is dressed as a penguin.
0: Yeah, I mean, we should only talk about him because he's on our fucking team. Our team is him and the penis one.
1: Yeah. So to be fair, this time with our friends, we just did a random draft.
0: We did Royal Rumble style, like draw numbers out of a hat and whoever exited that number. And the whole time we're like, please don't be Lucas. Please, fuck. Please, yeah. please don't be Lucas.
1: And yeah. And so the last person we should talk about is Lucas. Did we talk about Demario? no do you want
0: to yeah demario i think is going to be around for a while demario was one of the four dudes that she met in the after the final rose he Came
1: out and and he he talked about uh because he was on yeah he was on after final rose and he said we've had a lot of firsts together he's like i look forward to our first date and our first kiss and our first christmas and she's like whoa whoa
0: um, and he had, uh, plane tickets for them to fly to Las Vegas and elope in the after the final rows. And he still yeah. has those. He's still like sporting those around. Yeah. Also want to talk about Anthony, who I only mentioned. He didn't get a lot of screen time, but I saw a lot of him in the, I think I saw a lot of him in the, um, season preview. His bio listed that his favorite book was, uh, Murakami's wind up bird chronicle, which is one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. And I saw that. I was like, that's not dumb and dumber. You can stay. Anthony, thank you.
1: You were the one taking notes when Anthony came on, and Mm -hmm. I have in quotes next to him, here to help you understand. Yeah,
0: he was just like very, he ended up in one of those blocks where just like burned through some shit, but he just said like, I'm here to help you understand me, and maybe you can help me understand you, and we'll get to know each other better. It was just very like- That's courteous. Very straightforward.
1: Um, Now should we talk about Lucas? Yeah. So the first, I mean, Lucas has a little like package at the beginning uh, so we know he's coming. But the first sight that Rachel gets of him is his loudspeaker coming out of the limo. And he reveals his height and weight through the loudspeaker. He also talks about how one testicle is larger than the other.
0: To which she says, like, good to know.
1: And then uh, he announces himself as her future husband. And then he comes out and he's wearing a blazer and he is wearing a T-shirt.
0: It's a it's a tank top.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. A t-shirt. Couldn't be, even fucking spring yeah. for a
0: fucking t shirt for Rachel, thank you.
1: With uh I believe his face on it, correct?
0: And his And his catchphrase. His catchphrase is
1: And he, he this is the first performance we get of his catchphrase uh as he is exiting the limo. She sees the shirt and she comments on it and he says, Do you wanna Do you, you, you want, want me to see, hear that? Do you, do you wanna, you wanna see hear it? that now? And he does. It. And
0: he does the catchphrase. His catchphrase is Rachel has just leaned away from the mic. I think she's nervous I'm going to do it and wake up our child. I won't.
1: No, I know you won't.
0: But he's, he's, imagine this, but times a thousand more volume and cocaine.
1: You know when Goofy falls off a cliff? (laughs) It's kind of what it's like.
0: This would be like if Goofy sat on his own balls and, but stayed there for 20 fucking uninterrupted seconds. He says and there's like, a lot of flailing of the he head shakes
1: his head so that his cheeks flap a little like there's a gobble quality to it
0: there's a gobble quality to it yes
1: and he like leans back it's, yeah as if like he might give himself a hernia
0: and like puts his hands on his knees to brace himself and goes full Mach five g-force just like spinning his head around and screaming waboom he is waboom it is his it is his whole life it is his whole personal brand and it's who he is and you know it's just waboom if it's just waboom if you feel it and we've all got a little waboom in us and you know my job is just waboom um i can't i can't with lucas and it's not for the reason that abc and the bachelorette wants me to not be able to with lucas it's for my own personal reasons which is just like his existence on this show makes me think so much less of the show and again not in like a (laughs) how could you Bachelorette in like
1: a boy this is the most bachelorette shit fucking ever y'all before this when i think about contestants with catchphrases I think about Courtney from Ben's season who used to steal Charlie Sheen's winning. Yes. She'd be like winning. Um,
0: if you Google, if you Google this dude, Lucas, Waboom, whatever, you'll find his website where he's selling these fucking things and he's doing tweets with hashtag will boom. And if you tweet enough of the hashtag will boom, you might be entered in for a winning for a, Free tank top of waboom, but tell all your friends to waboom or else I can't waboom. It's like I
1: thought we were only gonna say it three times. I fucking
0: can't. (laughs) I it's just like this is this dude's whole thing. Like there are I I I know people like this who like are like, I don't want to like work to like make it in the in the biz. Like I know people who like try to like I don't want to do stand-up or I struck out there or I don't want to do things. I did a few auditions and it didn't go so well. I'm just going to, like, if I can just get my one big break and be the biggest asshole about it imaginable and have, like, the... I want to go viral meme me, baby. It's the most, like, fucking... It's, it sucks. Like, it's, it's like, just,
1: it's the worst of our culture right now.
0: It's the worst of our culture right now, but it's also the most transparent, like, mm-hmm. play fucking ever. And the fact that, like, this dude was included is just like, there's nothing remotely entertaining about it. Everybody's just like, oh, here's this guy. He's off his rocker. And it's like, he's not off his rocker. He just wants everybody to say waboom and go to his website so that he will stay culturally. I mean, this is fucking, this is fucking Rod. This is like so many people who come on this show. Just like I need to fucking juice this yeah, for all that's I can a get. good
1: Comparison.
0: I need juices for obviously like Rod's shit was way more toxic. But it's like this is what these fucking people do. Yeah. You're gonna remember me forever. Well, boom, baby. Go yeah. to my website and hashtag my just Instagram. No
1: integrity. Just an overwhelming desire for fame that will take them in any direction necessary.
0: And like I can't, I can't like. His existence on the show makes me enjoy all of the other components of this show, a lot of which are, like, firing on all cylinders. It makes me enjoy them even less because this fucking guy got to be included. Like, there's this fucking walking billboard for a personal brand that stinks on ice, that is, like, screaming over everything without any redeeming entertainment value whatsoever. Good going, guys. you done it again. I also want to talk about this, and this this is, I guess, our first sort of, like, media deep dive um and and we have more that we want to talk about cuz boy I've read a lot of stuff about this premiere and a lot of it was really good um but this is just an article about how um maybe we should talk about this later when Blake E and Lucas get into thinking. their little scuffle but like yeah. guess what Lucas has been on reality shows before can you fucking believe it because I definitely absolutely yeah. can yeah
1: uh, so then all the guys are here. They're all in the house. Um, uh, we get some nice moments with the guys kind of becoming friends and of course talking about how wonderful Rachel is.
0: I'm optimistic about the, like, there's a lot of, uh, bad bro behavior. Just like, she's a really sexy girl. Like, you don't know not to say that yet? Or like, I'm going to wife her so hard. She's mine. Everybody else can leave. She's my woman. It's like, guys, no, no, no. Um, but there is a lot of like, the thor thing i thought was kind of funny and there's like a lot of like friends i think s- yeah, sparking up they're in the house
1: making jokes like for example when josiah is the first one to grab her away uh and they're all kind of goofing on him a little bit and they're like what do you think they're talking about and it's like oh what's your greatest case you ever solved <laughs> which i thought was funny yeah um but yeah, then we, then we start seeing the dudes scramble for time with Rachel. And of course, everybody's got kind of a little, a little gimmick. Uh, Dean pulls together some sand and toys. Uh, so they make little sand castles together. Yeah. Uh, Rob has a trading card that he has made of Rachel.
0: I don't remember who Rob is.
1: Uh, it's not really that important. <laughs> <laughs> we get our first. Extended period of time with Adam Jr. Oh my God. Or as he comes to be known, AJ.
0: The dudes in the house, like, are very, at this point, like, AJ is just like, oh yeah, there's AJ. He's a cool dude. I like AJ a lot. He calms me down.
1: They position Adam Jr. by the fire in like a, in like a supine position, just casually laying. Uh, and then this is where the bachelor has a little fun and starts overlaying some French. Um, which is just wonderful.
0: Like playing like accordion music as like AJ says like, she sparked something within me. I am awakened. Uh <laughs> And then like there's a moment where Adam tries to like steal her away and she's like, yeah, you can, but I, I don't want to hang out with Adam Jr. And then it cuts back to Adam Jr. And he says like,
1: I discussed her. Yeah, exactly. I discussed her in French, all in French with subtitles. Which, like, y'all,
0: again, I saw people because I was watching the comments. There were people like, "This is so dumb." I don't know. No, y'all, this is the shit. This is the best shit on our. This is that
1: Bachelor in Paradise stuff that we love. Like, let's not take this so seriously. Let's not manufacture drama. Let's just have some fun. Let's
0: just have some fun with AJ. I hope he sticks around.
1: I love AJ. The guys are talking about AJ's like looks. Uh, specifically, like his hair. <laughs>
0: they say like his suit is fresh. Like he's got, he looks great.
1: <laughs> like his hair is great. Yeah, the dudes love AJ, and it's just you kind of want him to be around all season. Yeah, I hope it. I hope it works.
0: Um, but hey, before you move on to the next person, I noticed you've been spending a lot of time with your notebook over there. And I was just wondering if I could steal you away. Oh, you got it.
1: Boop 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 doo. Do you love it, or do you hate it? I (laughs) loved
0: it. (laughs) This is like the end of Mr. Holland's opus, which I haven't seen. Okay. Um. Hey, I want to tell you about our sponsor this week. It's Stamps.com. These days, you can get anything on demand. Diapers, diaper cream, wipes for a baby's butt. (laughs) Um... Other baby stuff. Uh, so why are you still going to the post office and dealing with their limited hours, you goofball, when you can get postage on demand with stamps.com? Anything you knew at the post office, you can do right from home at your desk with stamps.com. You can print US postage for any letter or package using your own computer and printer. And unlike the post office, stamps.com never closes because it's a fucking website. No, the website's closed. No, it's not, it's a website. Stop.
1: And, and I know what you're wondering. How do I know how much postage to do? Um, well, you can get a digital scale from Stamps.com.
0: Hell yeah, and I'll tell you how to do that right now. If you use our code ROSE for this special offer, you can get a four-week trial that includes postage and that sick-ass digital scale. You can use it for anything. Uh, you just go to Stamps.com, and before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in ROSE. That's Stamps.com in rose. Don't wait. Do it. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Hell yeah.
1: Okay, this message is for... All the good folks in the Rose Buddies Facebook group.
0: But not and, the bad ones. You know who you are.
1: And it's from Luke Gartland.
0: Yeah, Luke Gartland, who um is a good friend of the show, and that's all yeah, I'll say about that. Because I'm not a he's fucking us out. I'm not a fucking narc.
1: Uh Luke says wanted to say a big thanks to everyone in the Rose Buddies Facebook group for being the kindest, funniest, and sweetest bunch of folks ever. Seeing your hilarious responses to each episode has put the biggest dumb smile on my face, and you're all the freaking best. Special mentions for Erica Huff, Catherine Dredge, and Meredith Jessica. Thanks for vibing and keeping it tight.
0: So tight. Thank you all.
1: Luke sent that to us back in February.
0: Thank you, Luke, before he... And I'm not going to fucking narc on him, (laughs) because I'm not that fucking type of dude. But before he was a real bro.
1: Thank you, Luke. And thank you to the Facebook group. We've got over 12,000 folks in there, almost 13,000.
0: I got another one here for K Money, and it's from DJ C. Briggs, who says Happy 10 year anniversary, baby. I am so glad, quote, watch a movie. Didn't really mean watch a movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, intimacy.
0: And that we found so many more laughs, inside jokes, and reality TV obsessions thanks to Rachel Griffin. Oh, it's just that. Okay. <laughs> My mistake. I thought it was, uh... <laughs> Watching a <the> movie. <laughs> the stuff. I love you so much, love. DJ Briggs, Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. Wow. Rufio and Kitty Face. P.S. You've got a good, good butt. It just fucking... Wow. Okay, wow. so it circles back around to that, like... <laughs> 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of that shake and bake, you know.
1: Some uh, some of those handy snacks. Some
0: handy, some fucking snack pack right there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some, well, uh, some munchy bowls.
1: Fruit by the foot.
0: Ooh, maybe, maybe some gushers.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: I don't know why it was food. Um, that's it for the this part. <laughs>
1: okay, that's how we exit usually, right?
0: The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Lori Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve A. G. Jane Levy, Alison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane, Rafael, Week, Chica, Knight, and Carrie, Kenny Silver, John Ross, Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, Anderson, and many more. Listen at Maximumfun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. We should talk about uh, um, Brian.
1: He's coming up. Okay. Can we can we spend just a moment with Fred?
0: I would love to hang out with Fred for a minute.
1: Uh, so Fred and Rachel get some more time to talk. And she tells us that she's having a little trouble seeing him as anything different than the bad kid that she was a counselor for. Uh, and that she always had to discipline him. And not in the sexy way.
0: Um, okay. You're talking about when you were kids, so. Yeah, I know. All right.
1: Okay, now let's talk about Brian. So Brian, we didn't mention his limo exit. He revealed himself to be kind of a troublemaker.
0: This was, oh man, (laughs) this sucks. And I, 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 it sucks because I know it's going to keep going throughout the entirety of the season. But it's just like, you're trouble, I can tell. I'm the good kind of trouble. Maybe I like trouble. Well, then trouble is what trouble does, like my mama used to say.
1: He says that he is Colombian and he asks if she is ever... he
0: is Colombian. He doesn't just say <laughs> uh,
1: he says that he is Colombian and uh, he asks her if she has ever dated a Colombian man before. And then he kind of alludes to the fact that she is in for some trouble because he is trouble and she kind of snickers mm, a little trouble bit.
0: sounds good right oh, about now. Trouble. I'd love some trouble. Well trouble here it comes double double toil and trouble hocus pocus. Alamogokis.
1: <laughs> what is that from?
0: Hocus Pocus Alamogokis? Yeah. What is that fucking from? I just said it.
1: You said it and it felt so familiar.
0: Oh, today's special.
1: Okay. Well, that's nice. That's nice. It's nice to go there with you. Uh, so Brian pulls her away later in the evening and shares with her, the, you know, he's 37. He's here for something serious.
0: Serious trouble, that is. I mean to yeah, say, I
1: think it's Rachel that brings it back to like, oh, are you, are you looking to get into some trouble? Um, and he said, well, there's like, there's, there's a good kind of trouble too. And then he kisses her,
0: just like, like bow
1: with a lot of mouth.
0: And she kisses back with a lot of mouth and says, like, I wasn't planning on kissing anybody tonight, but like, oh damn, yeah, it was a good. She is, it was a trouble kiss. She is into it. Yeah. Uh, so into it, in fact. Oh, maybe I don't want to give it away. Oh, I just did, didn't I? Spoilers.
1: Well, I mean, this is a podcast where we talk about the show. Uh, I don't want to spoil
0: <laughs> it, though. <laughs> We're going to get
1: to it in like three minutes.
0: Okay, but I don't want to give it away. Okay. I know there's a lot of people excited and I wanted to wait off for three minutes.
1: Uh So Chris Harrison appears and literally just takes the first impression rose, drops it on the table and walks out. At which point I started wondering, you know, there's a lot of dudes this season who came specifically for Rachel and maybe aren't familiar with the franchise. So maybe they could have used that little Chris Harrison tutorial. Like, here's what this rose is for.
0: No, Chris Harrison's just like, here it is. It's you know, just, it, you this know is, this is good. Probably
1: ask a friend. Um, and this is when all the dudes start like really leaning on this, like, Oh well, I should just put that on right now. Like that really belongs to I me. I think it
0: was Josiah just like does it? Josiah like picks yeah. it up off the he table puts and puts himself. it on himself and people are like, "Yo, first of all, I think that's not allowed and also it's like real bad luck, I think."
1: Yeah, I I also you hear a lot of people talking about uh like for example, DeMario talks a lot. Everyone's talking about her as their future wife. Yeah,
0: DeMario says like um you know, you can come to our wedding. You'll be in the third row. It'll just be you. You can, I'll let you bring a date, but it's, she's, she's my woman and yeah. she's my wife already. And so there's just like, there's, there's a lot of that, lots of that going around.
1: Uh, we also, and this is the other arrested development moment, we get one of the contestants talking about the penguin and saying, you know, I'm here in this $2,000 suit. <laughs> come on. Come on.
0: <laughs> uh, saying like, he's got time with her and he's in a penguin suit. I'm in this $2,000. 000- I'm in this forty-five hundred
1: dollars suit. Come on. God. on! Um,
0: How dope would it have been if fucking like somebody been like, "Can I steal her away?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, sure, you can." Wait, who are you, Jean Parmesan? <laughs> um,
1: uh, the two thousand dollars suit man doesn't getting eliminated that night. And his biggest complaint when he leaves is that he had so many outfits he wanted to wear.
0: <laughs> oh, poor guy. Um, This is when thing uh, – I've watched a lot of this show. I've never seen a swarming quite like this before, and it made me wildly and profoundly yeah. uncomfortable.
1: There's a scramble point in the night when a lot of men haven't had a chance to talk to her, and they literally start lining up, like – they, they start approaching her. She's talking to a guy and they stand off to the side and then they start queuing up.
0: So there's a, there's a moment where like Rachel's like enforcing like he was next in line, but, um, if you want to, I think get behind him and then maybe you can talk to me after him. Um, and there's also like a lot of like, uh, oh, sorry, bro. We need like two more minutes, bro. If you can just like turn around. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Just two more minutes. Thank you. I just got to like my, the crux of my story and we see, see there's like, some dude has a fucking vacuum cleaner that was like his prop. This is like what we're talking about, like lazy prop comedy. Uh, and he's just like walking back and forth in front of like
1: pretending to vacuum, pretending
0: to vacuum while like Rachel and this other dude are like not even paying attention to the guy. Um, which sucks. Uh, there's one part where like Waboom gets out his stupid little bullhorn that he was like announcing his, his weird balls yeah. on earlier. And it's just like That's giving a quick play by play while also screaming Waboom at everybody.
1: Uh, and this is when I had a moment. So every year, there's like a package for a contestant that I think, like, oh, I really like that guy, and so Mohit. Oh yeah. Has this great package where we get to meet his whole family and they're all um Bollywood dancers and they all dance together and I literally turned to Griffin and I said, "Oh, I hope he gets to hometowns cuz his family seems really great and they're all really good dancers." And he seemed
0: really great in his package. He got he was the one y'all He got trash. He got fucked up like he was
1: so kind drunk. of
0: scary fucked up like I forget who was talking about it. It was like he's not like um reckless drunk. He's like you missed a step there, bud, drunk and um Somebody's like trying to talk to him and be like, go on, get in there, go get your time. And he can't even like walk forward to Rachel. And so somebody just like walks in front of him. Yeah. Uh, and oh, I don't think we hear Mohit speak the entire night because I think no. he's just way too
1: fucked up. At this point, Lucas gets some time with her, uh, gives her her own shirt that she can wear. Um, And she's she seems to like think he's entertaining
0: i think this is i'm so fucking mad about i I don't understand how you make this show and you say let's get as many people on here who want to use this show as a platform for their dumbass personal brand like doesn't that feel it doesn't that feel wrong you know like we want people who are here to be entertaining on our show not people who are here to like say their catchphrase as many times as possible so that
1: yeah, it's a, it's a sticky precedent because if this becomes a thing now, what's to stop next season from being like 20 people?
0: I mean, I'll tell you this? what, we'll stop it. A fucking casting
1: director who's like, no, get the, well, boom, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So this is where we should talk about, uh, at this point, Blake starts telling us that, uh, Lucas isn't there for the right reasons, uh, and that he f- wants to take it upon himself to make sure that lucas is exposed for for who he really is and griffin and i were kind of like i wonder why blake is making it such a personal mission to expose lucas because the rest of the guys just kind of seem like lucas is a joke but yeah. blake is like no we really need to get to the bottom Blake is lucas. like filling
0: the role of just like instigator who wants to step in and be the foil to like the person who is like i guess the villain but lucas really isn't that at this point like he's just like this obnoxious douche um, but he steps in and is like, I'm going to say something because he's being disrespectful, shouting for Rachel through a bullhorn. It's not right. And so he sits him down and is like, why'd you even come into this show? Do you really, are you here for, to find love? And Lucas is like, are you? And he says, I'm here for the possibility to find love. And I think Lucas just screams a waboom like into his butt or something like that. Um, in response, he says, everybody's got a little waboom in them. And the <laughs> only funny thing that came out of this is Blake saying, I have absolutely no waboom in me. Yeah. Um, so there's this like, fight right and it comes out of nowhere it is the most contrived um but there's a layer deeper than that um which i read about i think somebody posted this in the rose buddies group it's a fan cited article bachelorette 2017 contestants blake and lucas bring real life feud to rachel season uh blake and lucas both appeared in the Wii tv reality series x isle like ex isle Um, before joining the Bachelor 2017 cast. Uh, What it's a big deal is the fact that Blake and Lucas knew each other before they came on the show. Apparently, Lucas has an ex-girlfriend named Brittany, who is also part of the Exile cast. Along came Blake. He hit it off with Brittany, and it created this, I guess, on-air rivalry between these two people in another fucking reality show. Like... And this was not addressed, it was not addressed that these two knew each other before they came onto the show, or that they were essentially rivals on another fucking reality television show, and now we're going to reprise their role as Jean Valjean and javert like what the fuck bachelorette like you can't even make up your own contrived bullshit yeah. you have to take it from another reality show with the same
1: people what the fuck guys yeah that's what griffin when he found this was like this is so lazy that they just they didn't even trust that organically some people would not get along they just brought in an already manufactured fight this
0: is like if corn was on fucking like survivor and was taylor. a or corn and, and taylor or just like one of them if like if if fucking uh rod was on uh big brother and was just like a real asshole in big brother and like we got to get that guy but don't address that he was on big Brother. like you can't just fucking do that
1: yeah we're
0: gonna take these two guys ahead of i could go watch this other show you mean that came out like three years ago and see them fight in that one too and like, so I'm. I want to jump ahead because at the rose ceremony, Lucas fucking sticks around and Blake sticks around, and it's like the only reason it happens is a because Lucas is like a big obnoxious asshole, but also because there's this fight brewing. And now in like, of course, in in the grand tradition of this show, like once two people are fighting, they're at least safe for a couple episodes while we extract every drop of nectar from that as we possibly can. And it's like this is the fucking bedrock that you're building your house on for this season. Rachel fucking rules and there's a lot of like entertaining dudes in this house and it seemed like a few of them had pretty good connections with her and we are going to have less time looking at that because we're going to be watching a yeah. fight that developed in another fucking reality show three years ago that the bachelorette is going to pretend like didn't even fucking exist. Yeah. It is the dumbest like laziest worst shit ever it is the abs and i think it represents a small portion of the people who create bachelorette who are like i know what to do and it's like oh the same shit over and over again yeah like
1: exactly it's this like super cynical decision that you don't trust the audience to enjoy a show that is a good show You you want to appeal to the lowest common denominator just in case that's going to be what hooks them in.
0: Cynical is a good word for it because Lucas, I think, represents like the most boiled down cynicism about the people who watch this show that could possibly exist, which is to say they're fucking babies. Like, I think Lucas is the human equivalent of like, here's something colorful where there wasn't something a second before. Laugh at that, you fucking babies. Bazinga. Like... It's un, it's unbelievable. And the fact that this awful dude is also part of this fight that existed in another show with the wiener dude, like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. It's real gross. It- it- it's not just, it's not, it's not like, uh, how could they? It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch this fucking, I don't want to watch this fucking show. I, I do want to watch this fucking show because I, I love a lot of it, but this is like, gotta have a fight. Well, what if they don't fight? I saw this shitty Wee TV show and, uh, there were these two randos who fought on it and one of them kept yelling like boopers in it. So let's get those two jagoffs. What the fuck? No. Cast to Did other you, people.
1: Had you heard of this exile show? No.
0: I don't know what Wee TV is.
1: <laughs> I, I'm wondering if they like thought they could get away with it because it didn't have a lot of viewership or something. Cause I, I, I have never heard of it.
0: What drives me crazy is like, this is the biggest show. The Bachelorette is the biggest show. The Bachelor's like the biggest show. These are huge, huge fucking TV shows that are literally zeitgeist. They are literally pop culture phenomenons and everybody watches and talks about it. And this is the fucking heat you're serving up right now.
1: Yeah, I don't it's strange. It's strange in a season that seems on the surface more ambitious than previous seasons to see something so cynical and lazy.
0: There's a lot of stuff. Here's the thing about this premiere. It was not a departure at all from the core formula of this franchise. And this is just a part of that, I imagine. But, like, it is the worst example of this shit that I've ever seen on this show. Which is, I don't, because there's been some lazy, very contrived, like, drama that has sprung up on this show before. I have never seen it literally lifted from another reality show. It is unimaginable. And it's not even good. If it was good, maybe I could, like... Oh, you almost got away with it. If it weren't for you meddling kids, it's not good. It's not good. And you took it from another show and you it's not it. It's two human beings that apparently have a real life beef. And you're like, we got to get these two real life people who hate each other on the show. If you're going to do that, find two interesting people that hate each other and get them on the show.
1: I don't want to I don't want to give Lucas any more time. I don't either. Um. So as we teased earlier. Uh, Rachel picks up the first impression rose, gives it to Brian
0: because he kisses real nice they with his mouth so more. big.
1: They do a lot of aggressive kissing,
0: a lot of guppy gumming.
1: Uh, Mohit sees this and, <laughs> 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 and yells "No!" from across the the mansion. Which
0: is uh, we bad. were we are all Mohit in we this are moment. All Mohit. It's a lot of big kissing.
1: Uh so. One thing that we have noticed on previous seasons, but they're very explicit about this season is how late the evening goes. Like they are flat out showing us the sun is up by the time they're doing the rose ceremony. And they said that Rachel made it a point that she wanted to speak to every guy, which I don't know if it always happens or not. Uh, but
0: I don't think it does. I think that I think her position of like, which I thought was very noble, right? Like especially coming right off of your season where you know how it is. Um, her talking to every guy is probably why it went until 3 p.m. the next day. Yeah, um, it is
1: not. It is not breakfast. It is not brunch. It, it is, is. It is lunch. It time. is
0: bright outside. Yeah, it is high noon.
1: And so, if we're going to talk about who's eliminated, we're probably going to need. Oh, fuck
0: yeah! Let me even see if they've updated the website because they go I fast. I don't and think furious. they did.
1: I think you're going to have to look. Refinery Twenty Nine did a list.
0: Uh, I'm gonna flip through this fucking slideshow and give Just Jared a lot of clicks. Uh, Blake K seemed nice. He was a U.S. Marine veteran from San Francisco. Handsome dude. He went home. He went home. A lot of people were excited about that. Uh, this is like the fucking like fireworks in the sky in Hunger Games. Grant, he was an EMT. I don't know.
1: He was the one that showed up in an ambulance. And I said, that's not a great use of resources.
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, Jedediah is an ER physician. And I don't, oh, he said, he said like, you know, when, when Abraham met Rachel, I'm not getting my Bible trivia right.
1: Oh yeah, I took notes on that if you wanna
0: I think I did actually.
1: Or you did? Uh when Jacob met
0: Rachel. When Jacob met Rachel. There we go. I'm not as well versed in my my old old testament. Uh Jonathan the tickle monster. Don't let the door hit you with a good lord split you, buddy. (laughs) Uh Kyle went home. I don't know I don't remember anything about Kyle. Michael, I don't I remember Milton. I only remember because he kept growling when he talked to her.
1: Milton's it, the one with the suits that was really upset that he didn't get to wear his outfits.
0: Uh Mohit, unfortunately, goes home. Uh Rob. Rob goes home, I guess?
1: Yeah, Rob was the one that made the trading card.
0: Okay, he goes home. It's a lot. It's a lot of boys. A lot of dudes. Um,
1: that's our first episode.
0: That is our first episode. So, and then we get the season preview, and it looks good. It looks very by the books. And I think that's, like, my main takeaway, is, like, um Rachel is fantastic. I think she's going to be a very, very good Bachelorette. This is going to be a season of The Bachelorette, the ABC television franchise. And it's going to be very similar to, I'm pretty sure, all of the other seasons of The Bachelorette. The only reason I would think it would be otherwise is because she's the first black Bachelorette, and because... Yeah. Um, it is the most diverse the cast has ever been. Um, there were, I think, 11 black men on, uh, of, of 31. Um, and, uh, a, and few other, other a few other, a few other people of color. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, which, you know, it's still, I think it was like just, just about half, like 50% people of color, 50% white dudes, which still isn't great, but, um, significant. It's significantly more than, than has been on the show before. So, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I was expecting it to be different. I never. Night one,
1: man. Night one is, is like, there's so much. There's a lot to get through. I
0: get that. But I also like when Chris Harrison comes out and introduces the season, um, or really throughout the entire episode, it's never referenced that she is the first black bachelorette. It is only referenced in passing. Like, other than, I guess, Dean talking about, like, did you like my thing I said where I wanted to date a black woman and then never dated anyone? not black again like that's about as the extent of it Um, so I guess it remains to be seen like whether they're gonna do any more with this like genuinely like um, for this franchise at least historic thing it's
1: gonna be a while I think we just we don't know yet you know we have high hopes we
0: don't know yet but I also think they could have done something in the this episode sets up the rest of the season they could have done something to say like to at least address it
1: they had kind of a an opportunity potentially to address some of the you know, real gaps they've had in past seasons. Uh and been, they didn't. I, I mean
0: and and there's like concrete ways to talk about that. Like I'm sure they wouldn't talk about this on their television show, The Bachelor, but they were they were sued by two black contestants who said, like, this show is unfair to people of color who are contestants because look at like how far we don't get ever. I don't know, I think it was a missed opportunity and I I, I think I was expecting it a little bit.
1: Yeah, or even in her intro, they could have done anything done anything
0: yeah um
1: yeah it'll it's I mean I recognize that it is it is the bachelorette that's the thing we can't expect it to address you know all of the complicated issues that so many people continue to get wrong all the time uh, but it would be nice to see a little effort. I a guess. little effort. I,
0: and I think that's what I think disappointed me a little bit is I expected something to be different. And really what we got was like a super by the books episode of The Bachelorette yeah. and what appears to be a very by the books season of The Bachelorette based on the preview that we watched. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I want to talk about some stuff that we read and I yeah. think this is like, um, I've really enjoy. like, I I wanted to do this because I think it's important for us to get other viewpoints in, in the show. And I think this is a cool way to do it. Like, since we announced that we were doing this, people have been posting, um, like, really, really good articles yeah. in the Facebook group, like, nonstop. Um, and reading that stuff has sort of broadened my horizons because I think I know a lot about, like, the show. And I'm interested in how it gets made and interpreting, like, why they make the decisions they make. But I don't possess any sort of faculties to diagnose, like, it's larger cultural ramifications in, like, the media landscape. Um, and I think we've probably shit the bet a couple times in that regard. Um, and so we wanted to read some other stuff. Um, and so we have a few selections here. And um, the first one that a lot of people were commenting on in the group is a article on Marie Claire from Roxane Gay. Uh, headline, The Bachelorette is a Necessary Shift in the Conversation About Black Womanhood. And this is just an excerpt from that. Uh, Rachel comes across as genuinely likable and interesting. She seems far less scripted than most of the people who've appeared on The Bachelor and Bachelorette and is capable of holding a conversation, another rarity. I'm rooting for this woman to find love or to at least have one hell of an adventure in the trying. But what we're really talking about here is representation. This season of The Bachelorette is a much-needed uh offers a much-needed opportunity for black women and the rest of the TV watching American public to see someone who looks like them portrayed as having a complex inner life and worthy of being wanted by eligible men. We'll be able to see a black woman treated as marriage material. Rachel Lindsay as the Bachelorette marks a necessary shift in and expansion of the cultural conversation about black womanhood. The bar for progress is generally really high. We measure it by the first black president, the first Latina to serve on the Supreme Court, the first black librarian of Congress. But sometimes progress is an incredibly beautiful, talented, and charming black woman voluntarily tolerating the attention of 31 unworthy men on national television so that she might find love or something like it. Yeah. Um, I, 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 like, this is the type of thing that, like, you and I, as white folks would, like, I, I don't think appreciate. Um, yeah. and I, and maybe it's just because I feel uncomfortable saying, like, well, it's something that there's a, a black woman, like, in this main role, in this huge television show, even if the television show doesn't take steps to, like, acknowledge it. But I also think there's something to be said for, like, this is not a, this is not a, a position that black women play on TV or in movies generally. Like there is not, there is, there's not a surplus of like romantic comedies starring black women in the, the lead where they are pursued and.
1: Where they're not the best friend. Yeah, and, exactly.
0: Know?
1: Um. Yeah. I, I just think about how slow progress moves and how there's, there's something so bittersweet about celebrating this. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I get it in the sense that, you know, when you're, when you're growing up and you have all these ideas about, about romance and you don't see anyone like you yeah, sure. getting to play that role, it's significant. There's
0: another article uh, on Huffington Post written by uh, Zeba Blay, uh, Why It Matters That White People Are Watching a Black Bachelorette that is uh, sort of in the same lines, uh, where she says, Really, this moment is about non-black viewers seeing and recognizing what we have always known. It's about continuing to challenge the idea that a black female lead on a mainstream show, reality or scripted, means that the show itself is targeted only to black viewers. It remains to be seen, of course, how this will all play out. Well, the tackle race in a meaningful way will Lindsay be subjected to more scrutiny and slut shaming than her predecessors hopefully the show will spark a deeper conversation about a black woman her right to be the center of attention and her right to be loved um yeah and i i you know it's doing that and i think that like there have been stars of this uh franchise either bachelorettes or bachelors who i think get like turned on uh, by the show itself. Uh, wait, that's a weird way of putting it. The show turns on them in a way. Like Caitlin's season got really, really gross and yeah. very, very slut shamey. Um, Juan Pablo, I think earned it definitely, but like by the end of his season, there have been a lot of bachelors. I think that by the end of their season, they were just as much a villain as anybody who had been on the show. I'm optimistic that that's not going to happen with Rachel. It doesn't seem like she's going to get any kind of villain edit. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think that this show will turn on her like it has and uh, been so cruel to some of the people in the starring role. Um, I want to talk about one more, uh, and this was on All Things Considered. It was Eric Deggans. The Bachelorette may have a black star, but it is still set in a white world. That is a bit more critical if that headline... um, clued you in. Uh, though host Chris Harrison began the episode by saying, let's take a look at the Bachelorette everybody's talking about. He never really said why people were talking about her. One of the black men noted how diverse the pool of suitors was, and there was an awkward moment where the episode ended with several suitors freestyle rapping. Really, Bachelorette? From the show's perspective, this was likely a home run. They presented a, di- a diverse field of contestants and a black bachelorette without upsetting the bedrock formula that makes this reality TV soap opera successful. Uh, but for those of us hoping to see some of the show's basic messaging about culture, class, and race changed, it was a disappointment. True diversity isn't uh, just about expecting black people to assimilate into a mostly white world. It's about widening that world to reflect the experiences of everyone in it. With any luck, maybe they'll get around to that before this season is over.
1: Yeah, so that's that's some of the criticism that we were able to read just in the past 24 hours. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I I feel like waiting a day was a really good call mm. on our part because uh, it gave us time to kind of see what the reactions were and and also kind of hear from people who might be new to the franchise or you know people that have perspectives we don't have. Uh, yeah, we're not people
0: of color. Like we don't yeah. we don't. Uh, I don't watch TV with this lens of like hoping for good representation like I am a straight cis white dude like pretty much most television is like being made for me so I'll go out there and buy Pepsi or whatever the fuck. Um and so like I I don't know I think it's I I it was genuinely eye-opening. I don't read about this fucking show really ever. I just like watch it and then we do this podcast. And so it was really illuminating and please keep sharing these articles in the Facebook group. Um because I think it's like broadening my sort of like consumption of of how i watch this well, show yeah, and,
1: and raising the the level of our of our criticism just ourselves i hope so you know um, i mean not that anyone turns to our comedy podcast for <laughs> real like intellectual debate on the on the merits of this program but i think it's worthwhile when you watch a show that is even considered like trash tv to think about what it means for a lot of people in our country.
0: I think like, I think reading all of this stuff, like, I think the biggest thing that's changed is I don't treat it like it's fucking trash TV. This is a fucking monolithic television show that everybody on earth watches. Um, maybe not everybody on earth, but a lot of fucking people watch this television show and to sort of just dismiss it and just say, this gross happened thing happened. Yeah. But it's like a toilet TV show. Yeah. It's a toilet TV show that everybody watches. So like, let's hold it accountable for something at least mm-hmm. um my expectation is that it's just going to be another season of the bachelorette and it's going to have a really good star in Rachel and from what we've heard and what we've read Rachel did an interview where she said she is engaged so uh, we know that she will find love probably in this hopeless place but yeah. i think it's just i think it's just going to be another season of the bachelorette and this first episode is kind of my I'm sure there will
1: be i'm sure there will be moments i'm sure that they they can't avoid the issue of race coming up ever I'm it would sure be, there buck will be
0: wild be if they did that for a whole if they suspended that 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 conversation for an entire season it yeah. would be it'll, it'll it would be up. beyond the pale even for this television show um but i guess we'll just have to wait and see i'm i'm like i know i came down hard on like the lucas blake stuff is like unimaginable and um, I know we came down hard on some stuff, but like, I really am, I'm looking forward to next Monday. I'm looking forward to talking about this show more. Um, yeah, I, we're,
1: I, we're really optimistic about Rachel.
0: I love watching Rachel. She's like very, very funny and kind of a nerd, which I'm, I think is great. And, um,
1: seems I, to know herself really well. Doesn't, doesn't seem like somebody who is going to, uh, fall apart easily.
0: That's the thing. Like, we've talked about how there have been great bachelorettes in the past, but those great bachelorettes were even better contestants in the season before because this show makes you kind of fucking boring. Yeah. And Rachel wasn't boring in this premiere, and I hope, I hope that doesn't change. I'm really excited for it. Um, and also I'm really psyched that Lucas was just not in the season preview very much. So I'm hoping for an, <laughs> okay. a, a, a swift eg- a episode two departure there.
1: Uh, so I wanted to thank. Uh, somebody sent us an official Bachelor in Paradise t-shirt. Hell yeah. Uh, which I was tickled to receive. The, the person has a, a friend who, um, is intimately involved with reality television. Chris Harris. Do you think it's Chris? No. Uh, and so thank you to, uh, listener T. For sending us the Bachelor in Paradise T-shirt, I was super tickled to receive that.
0: Yeah, it's really great.
1: And thank you to everybody that sends us sends us things in the mail. It's always really exciting. It's a treat.
0: It's like a little yeah. Christmas, a little Christmas every time yeah. we come back.
1: Just the heartfelt notes thanking us for for spending the time on this is is just it's nice. Wow, we
0: spent some time on this one, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, we really did. Oops. We, I mean, we had a lot of ground to cover.
0: <laughs> I guess we did. Um, thanks, everybody. Woo-boo! <laughs>
1: Thanks fucking for... Fucking
0: uh, got you, guys. Thanks for letting
1: us publish it a day late. It's all just
0: about, you know... If we
1: had done this...
0: Waboomin is just like... You look at yourself and... I'm gonna go into our nursery. I'm just gonna scream, waboom, boom full-throat volume.
1: And I will leave the house. And you will have to deal with the aftermath.
0: Of our baby being fucking cool and super funny then? <laughs> what if I did it and he just, like, stood up and he was like,
1: wa-boom!
0: <laughs> Can you even imagine... And then we went and we watched fucking Ace Ventura (laughs) together. What a good night with dad and son. Are you leaving?
1: Uh, So this has been Rose Buddies. Thanks for listening to Rose
0: Buddies. Join us next time, next Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Hopefully
1: we'll have less wabooms to say and share.
0: I think this is. I would love it. Look, let's get one last one out of our system, and then maybe no. he'll be sent home. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Yep. We've already gotten the last one of our. Well, you if I had
1: known, I would have done it. Good. Said we were going to have three. It's, you know, here's how many my many here's we my
0: problem, had? though, baby. Can I say? Oh it's god. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical, dude. Can you imagine? It's, it's. I feel like you don't get it. It's like. Uh, it's a funny word to say and then to say like that's my whole life is like really we it's like really goofy <laughs> until next time I'm Griffin McElroy
1: my married name is Rachel McElroy
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boom final rose stay with us on this journey of joy spoiler alert she ends up with Soulja Boy right reasons right reasons
1: I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host the weekly comedy podcast, One Bad Mother. We celebrate our moments of parenting genius. As well as our failures like, oh, we're yeah. going to have hot dogs. And I'm yeah. like, oh, no, we're having fun. Everybody loves hot dogs. Yeah, And it just like smashes that thing right on my chest. And then I'm just oh, crying in the middle of like
0: kid space yeah. while people are like literally dancing with their children.
1: Parenting can be sad and painfully funny at the same time. So join us each week as we admit that this is hard, but we're getting really good at it. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. MaximumFun.org.